What is going on, guys? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is just me breaking down some of the great news that came out of the sports world on Thursday. The NBA is coming back pending a vote with the Players Association. The NHL dropped some clarifying points on the plan-to-play format that they announced last week. And I also had some other thoughts on baseball, and I did kick off the show on a more serious tone. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you're staying safe. As always, though, make sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast, search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave us a nice five-star review. Find us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy this episode, guys. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. A solo pod this week. We got some news coming out of the NBA and the NHL, as well as a couple other sports about plans to return, a full plan from the NBA, some clarifying points from the NHL. But before I jump into all that stuff, I just want to talk about what's going on in the world. As we all know, a lot of stuff has happened, and... I felt like it'd be tone deaf if I didn't acknowledge it. I know a couple outlets have brought to light a lot of things and had discussions. Some have just chosen not to re- not to release content and put out statements, but I, I thought I should say something quick. Uh, otherwise, you know, I'd, I'd sound tone deaf. But at the same time, I'm also a white guy from the suburbs. You know, I, I've lived an incredibly privileged, privileged life, and I acknowledge that. But I don't want this to be about me. What happened is terrible to George Floyd. Police need to be held way more accountable for all that sort of stuff. And we, as human beings, if you're a white person especially, we need to be better. We need to educate ourselves and help out our communities. Um, If you have friends of color and you, you... I'm sorry that I'm kind of at a loss for words here. Uh, I promise I'll lighten this up in a second, but educate yourself, get involved somehow, whether that's donating to something, going out and protesting, both reading. uh, I've been trying to find and have found some great resources uh, for local here in Philly. I've donated and and really found some great stuff on Black Lives Matter Philly. Um, I donated Campaign Zero, which is you know national movement, and really you know, go check out a number of these places: the NAACP Legal Fund, um, a, a number of places. You, you know, it's really important. I, I really am not trying to sound terribly preachy, but this is this is bigger than any of that. And you need to educate yourself. You need to acknowledge what privileges that you have. And if someone you know, whether it's a family member, a friend, isn't acknowledging that, then tell them explain what the fuck's going on to them, get them to understand. And we just got to keep being better. We got to keep moving forward. I cannot possibly understand how it feels to go through any of this that black people have been going through over the last number of years. This isn't anything new. Obviously there's the Ferguson stuff that happened six years ago. Trayvon Martin was eight years ago. 
it might have even been longer than that. Uh, and there, I mean, stuff has has been popping up. I mean, go watch, go watch like, straight out of Compton, and that's the purpose of the song "Fuck the Police." Um, we need to be better, guys and girls. Um, I'm sorry, and if I am sounding insensitive, please let me know. I'm trying to be better because, like I said, I've I've lived an, inc- an incredibly privileged life, and I need, and we need to all be better to our fellow person and make this, make this world a better place. Um, so I'm sorry for rambling there. I wanted to keep it quick again. If I, if I am sounding insensitive, let me know how I, I, I want to learn, but let's jump into some happy news, news that came out this week today. Even it was heavily rumored yesterday, Wednesday, I'm recording this Thursday night that the NBA was going to come back with a 22 team format 13 teams out of the West, nine out of the East. For anybody wondering why th- those uneven numbers, it's teams within six spots of the eight seed. And that's what they announced today. The Board of Governors in the NBA approved it of a vote of 29 to 1. The only team that voted no was the Portland Trailblazers, and we can jump into them in a, in a minute. But basically what's happening is that they're going to resume. They're all going to play in Orlando and play a eight-game seeding schedule is what they referred to it as to finish out the regular season, and it'll seed out seed out the playoffs. So to kind of put things into, into perspective, a number of teams, quote-unquote, clinched playoff spots today, um, That going all the way down to the Sixers in the East, who, are the, who right now, if it started today, would be the sixth seed. Going all the way down to the Rockets, same, same situation being the sixth seed there. So there's two playoff spots up for grabs between three teams – in the East and two playoff spots up for grabs between seven teams in the West. Cause, cause the West is very highly contested. Um, whether or not you think if you're a Phoenix Suns fan that it's almost pointless cause they are right on that cusp. They are six games out and they would need to go on a miracle run to pass the Memphis Grizzlies who that's the only team between between them. Uh, the magic number, or I guess the elimination number, the reverse of, of magic numbers, which we can uh, clarify in a minute, is, it's I think, three. Uh, so a magic number is a combination between your wins and an opponent's losses to clinch. For instance, the Bucks are six and a half games up on the Raptors. For them to clinch the one seed, they would need a combination of a win by the Bucks and a Raptors loss or two Raptors losses, or two Bucks wins, so the magic number is two. So elimination number is the reverse of that. Point being, the Suns, it's a uh, very unlikely scenario, but it's possible for them in an eight-game scenario. So they're getting to get to get invited to this. They have a number of guys who would be pretty exciting to see. What I'm really interested in seeing, and, and they did not announce the, the how the, the schedule will go, I guess, with the East – it's pretty easy to think, right? Because there's nine teams in there. They're playing eight games, so they can all just play each other like a round robin. Uh, the West, though, is a little different. 13 teams, eight games. There's going to be some talk about strength of schedule, I think. I don't think it would be very fair for, let's just say, the Blazers to not play the Clippers or not play the Lakers, and the Grizzlies had to, something like that. Um, I don't know if they're going to just have the lower seeds play each other so they can all kind of beat up beat up on each other in that sort of a round robin, and then the play, the teams who are in the playoffs are the top seed, 
six teams all play each other, and then their final three games are chosen at random. I, I don't know how that's going to work. They didn't announce that. But the basic idea of the plan is to go on July 31st, which, you know, last week, I alluded to this, but the NHL came out with their plan. Greg and I did a podcast on it. If you have not listened to it, scroll down, go check it out. Uh, this is almost, the hockey stuff we'll get to in a minute. It's almost like a sequel to it, but we can catch up. But the NHL didn't announce a date. They announced a time frame to go in what they're calling Phase 3. The NBA is, if the players vote for this, and there's no indication that they're going to vote this thing down, they're going to they're going to go right at, at July 31st. They have dates set up that the last final date of the of the finals, I almost said of the playoffs, uh, I guess the same thing, would be October 12th. The draft would be October 15th. And they would try to start everything back up and emphasis on the word try, you know, second wave and all that stuff, to, to go by the start of December, which is pretty wild. I mean, that gives you... On the idea that that's been thrown around so much of what Adam Silver wants to do, Mark Cuban's very much on the record of this too, of trying to start on Christmas Day. I mean, that would that would almost make it perfect. You do a two and a half week camp slash preseason, maybe three week, and boom, Christmas Day you have whoever you know the finals rematch. Or you have the Battle of L.A. Uh, assuming that Kawhi and Paul George stay with stay with the Clippers, um, because I think I believe they're. They can opt out, but I'm contracts the last thing on my mind here, so I, I apologize if that was dead wrong. But if you battled LA, you could do Sixers Celtics, you could do you know a number of different matchups that you could have that are fun. Um, Warriors Nets have KD and Steph face off each other on, uh, on Christmas Day, um, but it's I mean, they have dates in place, and this is awesome to see. We talked about this last week with the NHL and how after being silent throughout most of the quarantine they they come out they're the first league to really have a plan put in place of the four major sports um and even in in wake of everything since we recorded that podcast last wednesday the premier league's come back they're saying that they're going to play games starting on june 17th the mls has announced a tournament format the nwsl the women's soccer league has their own tournament to determine champions and it's great that the NBA has dates out there, and I'm more than optimistic that they are going to be able to do this. And I know that there are the health barriers, obviously, of getting testing and having everything set up that way in Orlando. How are they going to isolate it? What's up with families? All this sort of stuff. I feel like we're going to get this information as everything goes along. Maybe even this weekend, if you're listening to this and the players have already voted to ratify it, then we might even know more details on it. Obviously, there have been a lot of thoughts from players, not just in the NBA, but the NHL, MLB, NFL hasn't really talked about it yet because they're thinking fans are going to be in the stands, which that's something we got to talk about too with baseball. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. But this is this is all great news because I feel like now we might at some point get an idea of a date from the NHL of when they want to go. They threw out the middle of July. No sooner would they would they enter phase three or phase four. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And I, and I do have a question from my lovely fiance, Emily, about the format and what I would have rather seen. So I'm, what I'm going to do to answer that question is just bring up the NHL news and what they announced today. Basically the NHL clarified a couple things in terms of the playoff format for one last week when they announced everything, they said that the first and second round 
the round of 16 and 8, would potentially be 5 or 7. Greg and I both thought the first round would be 5, second round would be 7. Because time wouldn't be on their side, they might even do 5 and 5. They came out today saying rounds 1 and rounds 2, or the round of 16, round of 8, because of the play-in round, are going to be 7 games. Play-in round is still 5 games. And then, the best news of all is that they're going to reseed, which... If you've heard me talk about playoffs before, I'm a big fan of reseeding. I would hope that if this goes successfully, that at the very least the NHL brings back one to eight and reseed from there. I think that both them and the NBA should be one to sixteen, reseed twice. I know there's the doomsday scenarios of Portland and eventually when the NBA gets a Seattle team, Seattle to Miami or or Portland to Boston or LA to Boston in a first round series. And that's something you got to figure out. The players would definitely have to have their voices heard there. And I fully recognize that, especially given everything that we're seeing (laughs) through this, through what's happening in the MLB, what apparently happened with major league soccer, which I'm not totally caught up on, but we can talk about their format in a second. Um, But that's what I would personally like to see. But the formats that are here, NHL or NBA, what one was better? What one do I like better? And I like the NHLs a lot, and a lot of that is because, like we talked about last week, they have about, depending on what team you're talking to, you had 10 to 13 games left. The Flyers only played 69 games. Some teams played more than 70. Some teams only played high 60s. So you had to figure out a way there. It didn't really make a ton of sense. Even if you did what the NBA is doing and you play just eight more games, you told teams like the Red Wings to just you know, pack it in, your season's done, we'll see you at the lottery. Uh, I th- it would have been really interesting but I think to, to try to have that sort of a format, but I like the opportunity for playoffs to just get underway. And not that I don't dislike what the NBA did with this, just they threw out the World Cup idea. And I, I thought that would have been really interesting, unique ways to try to tackle a unique playoffs. And... I don't know, it's, it's not a bummer that, that we're getting uh, the same old run-of-the-mill bracketed format, but, you know, it is a little bit of one. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm glad the Sixers are in the playoffs. I'm going to have fun getting caught up with them and, and see how that all goes, see how they play with no fans, especially considering how, how well they played at home and how terribly they played on the road when they were not in front of their home fans. So that's a real big question mark if you're a, if you're a Sixers fan. On the hockey side of things, you're a Flyers fan. They played a lot better on the road in February and in the start of March with the nine-game winning streak and everything, but that's question mark, too. They weren't a very good road team at the beginning of the year. Very good at the Wells Fargo Center all season. Um, So those are really interesting questions. But again, it would have been interesting to see the how this World Cup format would have gone into play. And I mentioned a little bit with the scheduling format of how how is this going to be done? Are you just going to tell are you going to tell LeBron, hey, you're only going to play these teams that are in playoff contention, or are they going to want to do some load management and maybe have them play, you know, maybe thirty minutes a game instead of you know, instead of the high upper thirties, or maybe even say, all right, you're only playing twenty minutes, you're going to play five minutes a quarter. Sorry to the fans that want to see LeBron play a ton, but we want to get him a ring. LeBron might even want to do this too. I'm, I'm just using LeBron as an example. Kawhi, great great example of load management. Joel Embiid with the Sixers. 
Ben Simmons with his back, you know, he was, I mean, that, it, it's a great thing that, that the Sixers have had three months off because Ben Simmons had his back problems, but we also have to see if they can all get back on the same page. So it's great to, to see all this. And again, the East can just do a round robin, but how the West ends up going, I feel like the World Cup format would have been a lot more intriguing to, to a lot more conducive to figure all this stuff out. And you tell the Bucks and the Lakers, all right, like, you you know, you as a as a top pot team, you're safe in, in being a top four seed or something. I mean, it really, like I mentioned, the Bucks have to do some combination of two wins and losses, two Bucks wins and, and two Raptors losses to clinch the one seed. They could have it, they could have it locked up by the end of the first game day or game night, whatever you want to call it, the Lakers could have it could have it completely locked up by the second one. So that'll be really interesting as a storyline coming back in. We talked about it a lot with the hockey and the storylines of getting up the teams that are in the round robin in that format. Um, for those that don't know and haven't listened to the NHL's full plan, uh, plan to return, plan to play. The top four teams from each conference have received a bye into the round of 16, the traditional first round of the playoffs. And in the interim, while there's a play-in round, best of five series for seeds five through 12 in both the East and the West, those teams are playing around Robins. So they're only playing three games. And Greg and I were thinking about how, how to like get teams up because they're playing regular season overtime rules. The Bruins, who were basically in a position like the Lakers or the Bucks. By points, not by wins, losses, because Tampa actually was only like a win or two behind the Bruins if you're looking at games back. But um, that's hockey points. I think go listen to my thoughts on on if hockey points are going to change. That's from the last podcast with me and Greg. Uh, But the Bruins had the possibility now from instead of being almost a lock for the one seed in the East to now potentially being the four seed. They could go 0-3, Tampa could go 3-0, and all of a sudden Boston's in the four spot. But I I think that's why reseeding works so well in that in that regard but it's a very same similar question to a lakers to a bucks i mean hell even to to the raptors or the clippers how are you getting how are you getting these guys up for it i mean is there going to be some gamesmanship of trying to figure out who's playing whom especially in the east where yeah the seating's going to shake up the heat pacers and sixers are all two games apart of one another and that's Two of those teams are going to play each other, and then the third gets to play the Raptors-Celtics flip-flop, and that's if the Celtics turn on or the Raptors come out slow, come out slow, quote-unquote, to an eight-game series. It's going to be really fun to watch, and it's it, these games are going to have playoff-like atmospheres to them. I also wonder, it being at the wide world of sports in Orlando, the NBA, of how are they going to do these games? Are we going to have mid-afternoon basketball like we would <laughs> throwing a Premier League game on or a Bundesliga game on like we've been able to recently? Um, I feel like that's probably an answer. I feel like they'll stagger games so there's basketball on every night. I think the NHL would be stupid to not also do that. Uh, but there's probably going to need to be the going to need to be games in the early afternoon, a lunchtime game between the jazz and the thunder to figure out, you know, who, who gets quote unquote home court in the first round of the playoffs in this round, in this keep saying round Robin, it's only a round Robin in the East. And that's assuming they, they do all their games against East Eastern conference opponents, which would be stupid if they try to cross conference. 
I know that there are certain teams that finished out their schedules. The Sixers and Celtics stopped playing each other. The last game, I think, was February 1st. But it'd be dumb to say, oh, the Sixers and Celtics already played each other four times this year. They don't need to play a fifth until the playoffs. So they're so the Celtics are going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder to help fill out their schedule. No, that's really dumb because because <laughs> you're scheduling by conference. So you need to have these games all within conference. You need to have some sort of a control here, which comes back to that level of, of strength of schedule for the Western Conference teams. So that's what I mean by the round robin stuff. Um, and that's a, a long-winded answer to Emily's question. I like the goofier, more unconventional formats. I'm really excited to see what ho- or how hockey is going to go out of that. Uh, to talk about the MLS format, they're just doing a full-on World Cup. They're having all 26 teams from the MLS play in it because uh, they were only like three weeks into their season by the time the coronavirus hit. Um, actually, it looks like some teams only played two games. So, I mean, not even three weeks. So, actually, they all played two games looking at this now on their schedule. But they're they're doing this World Cup format where they basically do group play and then 10 teams get cut out. There's a knockout round, like in the real World Cup, but a huge one. And I don't know if you're going to do series, if you're going to do the aggregate, which is what soccer loves to do, where each team gets a, quote, home and away game, where you do the grand total between the two instead of just saying a best of however many games and an odd number. Um, it's going to be cool. I mean, that's a really cool format to do. It's a unique way to get the season in. It's going to be done by the end of uh, by the beginning of August. I think August 10th is the last date they could possibly do it. Um, they're going to start in July. So I don't know what you want to consider with that. That is a second question that I have, and it's from my buddy Matt Marcus, who has a great podcast. That'll leave a mark with Matt Marcus. Um, but he asks about asterisks. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it, will champions this year get an asterisk on their championship. And I I said this last week about hockey. No, I don't think so. I think the same thing with basketball, especially because they're trying to get as traditional as possible. I think if they went to the world cup format to try to figure out something there, it would still be no. Um, The weird thing about the NBA versus what the NHL decided to do is that so many teams in the NBA only played, you know, about a only played a, about two-thirds of the schedule. You know, the Sixers played 65 games. I know it's only four less than the Flyers, but there's a lot more room to work with there. And I think that's why you have to keep these teams that are, that are you know, within six games out. And I, I get it if you're a Suns fan or if you're a, like, even if you're a Blazers fan. They're the team who voted no. And Damian Lillard was pretty outspoken against this. Um, shout out to CJ McCollum, my classmate from Lehigh, who actually retweeted the confirmation of why the Blazers voted no, and that it was because the team wanted a smaller format there. So CJ praised the ownership for listening to their players, which is actually great that owners are listening to players and that there's a a great connection between the two because baseball's in complete shithole right now, but talk about that in a few minutes um my point being is that having so much more of the regular season there and we've seen so many times where yeah there there are teams that clinch their division they clinch number one seed they clinch home court in the first round even the two seeds they have home court through at least two rounds that 
you know, there, there's still some gamesmanship in there. And I remember the Spurs a couple, you know, it was five years ago, the year they lost to the Clippers, where they were trying to finagle their way to figure out who they're going to play. And, it, and you know, it, it ultimately ends up biting them because Chris Paul ends up having that great game seven against them. And then they, the Clippers go on to blow a 3-1 lead the next round to the Rockets. But that's nothing that we need to rem- remind ourselves of. All of this being said, to answer Matt's question, no, I don't think so. I think, and it was brought up by Raja Bell in talking about this, the NBA format today, and I think it rings true to the NHL as well, that with no fans, and maybe I'm just thinking of this biasly because the Sixers are so good in front of the Philadelphia fans and so terrible away from us, but with no fans, it's the ultimate test. It's just pure basketball. The emotion of the game isn't going to be as much of a factor if you've been in a rockin' stadium, you went to a major college, you know that that makes a huge difference, and that's college sports, granted. But it's a factor in pro sports, too. I've talked numerous times about my trip to Nashville to a Predators game, a game in the middle of November, where that place felt like a combination between college sports and, and professional hockey. And it was awesome. And it definitely, like, them screaming, I like it, I love it, when they score... And then they're screaming, Holtby, Holtby, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Like that, you could feel the emotion through all of that. So it's whether or not you're going to be pumping in crowd noise or whatever it is, you want to get players mic'd up, which I'm all for. It's just you need to figure out how to do that on television. There's going to be a huge test to it. And I think you have to give credit where it's due. And I say this, I joked about it last week, that the two teams that would be most likely in the and I, you, you probably could hold this in the NBA too, but in the NHL are the Flyers and the Bruins because everybody's sick of Boston winning everything and no one likes Philly. Probably the same thing with the Sixers and the Celtics. Um, but LeBron wins. They're going to make sure to count that as a ring. If In hockey, if Connor McDavid wins, they're going to praise that up of that their next superstar, the next face of the league, finally won, it, finally won a ring, finally won a, a Stanley Cup. Sidney Crosby wins. They're not going to say he only has three and a half. They're going to say it's his fourth. If Kawhi wins, they'll talk about how he won back-to-back titles on two different teams and how he can come to your franchise and lead it. All this sort of stuff. And, I mean, frankly, it will make the the mortgage that the Clippers took out to go get Paul George worth it because they won it. And I get it. It's this weird and wacky format and going back to Emily's question I think that's why he deserved a little bit more of an unconventional NBA format even if it is something like the NHLs where it's you throw out some sort of play-in tournament even for the seven and eight seeds you just say all right one through six you're all in this is how we're figuring out the rest of the of the bracket and you do some sort of crazy thing because that's something we didn't even mention about with the NBA is that at the end of the season if the ninth seed is within three games of the eighth seed they will play a makeshift play-in round and the reason i say makeshift is that the nine seed has to win two games and the eight seed only has to win one to then go play the presumably the bucks and lakers in their respective conferences and why not just come up with some sort of play-in to to go into it i you know i don't know if you I guess it's probably more equitable. I've not read anything about the finances of this, of how the players are getting compensated for the final games. If this is more lucrative to them than just doing a playoff bracket, um, that's another thing too with the NHL being so much closer to the end of their season. Because even just four games, multiply that by 30, 
that's 120 games. There's so many more games that get put into these escrow accounts and stuff like that for players that it may not have made it, it, it's a significant amount of money. So it's, I think playing more games makes a bigger difference in terms of where the players are going, revenue sharing, all that sort of stuff. Again, I need to read a lot more about it, but from my understanding and just doing quick math, that's probably part of it too, of why you go to a regular season. But from a fan perspective, it's just great to have these sports back. Now, I talked about MLS. I quickly mentioned the Premier League. If you've not listened to Ryan White explain the Premier League to me from a couple weeks ago, we're going to do a sequel podcast to that. I've already talked to him about it. We're doing something that he gets, you know, helps me find a team. I think I might just I'll talk to some other soccer fans. I might just not have a team for this year, find a team. Maybe a team comes naturally to me. Um, you know, it'll be very interesting there to uh, to follow it all. Um, but they're you know, it's 13 days away. And so Ryan White will come back on. Go listen to that podcast. It's really informative. I ask him a ton of questions. It was much more like an interview than it was just one of my friends coming on and a shooting the shit. Like with Greg last week, if you have not listened to that, again, go check it out. It's not just hockey. I'm sure you might have seen if you subscribe to the podcast, which you, if you don't, don't do it. But if you saw the length of that of the podcast, the NHL one last week, that might have deterred you of, oh, it's nearly two hours of hockey talk. It's only about an hour. We jump in. We talk a lot about baseball, which Greg is the usual co-host of the bullpen cart, the namesake of this feed. And we talk about we talk about Manny Ramirez at actually at a, at a pretty good amount. I was just kind of reminiscing about players from our high school days, but mainly Manny Ramirez. Then we talk about what's going on in the in Major League Baseball and where it all is falling down with where the players are, where the owners are, and not too much has changed during this week. We got some news of two different formats of a season of very drastically different lengths. The players want more games and the owners wanted to throw out a 50 to 60 game season where the players would get their wish. They would get their pro rate, but a much shorter season players countered with 114. The owners struck it down almost immediately said they're not countering. So now it's this weird ball is in the player's court to try to figure something else out. Um, and you know, you can there, there's a lot of different sides to this argument of figuring out where the, the reneging on, on the deals are. I tend to be more on the team player side, but I totally get where the owners are coming from of how much money they're losing. They're not really going to be fans unless you're the Houston Astros or the Texas Rangers, apparently, because the Texas governor came out and said that we can hope to have fans in the stadiums, which is almost insane to think about. Um, but... You know, it's a really weird scenario that both the both the players and, and owners are in because this is completely unprecedented. And you know, if the downside of it all, and again, I get where the players are coming from of either being isolated, if there's no, if it's a haphazard, half-assed plan to return of in terms of testing, they'll. Pr- I mean, I'm hoping. And not to continue to have the negative vibe of coronavirus and all that stuff. But the NBA, the NHL, MLS, they all have some idea of how to tackle testing. And they'll very quickly, they you got to be flexible. You have to figure something out of how to figure out what's working, how to change what's not working. 
I'm sure Major League Baseball will do that in in all of this. I don't think, and especially with the NBA coming back, because Adam Silver has been one of the more progressive and player-friendly commissioners that we've gotten, especially compared to the other three currently. If he's figuring out a way to come back, I have to think that he can share some insight with with Rob Manfred and any of the other baseball owners that he may have have contact with. I don't know if he does, but figure out some way to get this thing done. Because if baseball doesn't come back or it comes back too late, it decides in August we're going to do this accelerated schedule. We're going to play everything in Texas because they can let some fans in so we can get some revenue. Even at that point, though, hockey will have been back. Basketball will have been back. Soccer will have been back. Both domestic soccer in the form of Major League Soccer and internationally. The German Soccer League, the Bundesliga is already back. The EPL is coming back very soon. And they can take away some of that market share. I get it that you can be a fan of every sport. I try to be, and I try to be as open-minded as possible of anything that's on television. I found myself thoroughly enjoyed by fucking marble racing on ESPN2 about a month ago. So I am more than happy to watch any sports that are on my television that can keep me interested, if I can gamble on it even better. But if baseball doesn't come back, I'll go back to it because it's my favorite sport. It's by far the one I follow the most. I play fantasy baseball. It's not like I don't follow the NFL or the NHL or the NBA. I do. A, I host a podcast. You're listening to it right now. Could I be more Captain Obvious? But if baseball doesn't come back, you're going to have a lot of people really alienated by the fact that they couldn't figure something out, and I don't know. They really need, the clock is ticking. They need to figure something out on how to get this thing working. And I don't know what the correct answer is. I think both both sides, frankly, need to figure out some way to let their guard down a little bit and figure out a way to get this thing done. Because it seems like, and I know Blake Snell, Bryce Harper, a lot of big outspoken names have really said stuff about getting paid full and all this sort of stuff. And granted, they're getting paid a lot of, a lot more money than a guy making, you know, less than a million dollars, which is still six figures. And I get it, coronavirus, and there's a lot of people out of jobs, but it's the precedent of the whole thing with saying that you're only going to get this percentage of what you were of what you signed and signed to play for that all being said you need to figure out some way to preserve the pr capital to it because if it baseball goes away for even a year and the nba is able to snip if the nba is able to snag more of that market share in terms of television in terms of revenue then them starting on christmas day and going it further into the spring, if they try to have their championship closer and closer to the 4th of July, like that 2012 lockout season, that's taken away from baseball. Hockey, which is my second favorite of the four, but is very clearly the fourth major sport in the United States. Despite what Max Kellerman says, it's a major sport. I don't think it would eclipse baseball if baseball didn't come back, but who knows? Maybe people love watching hockey and, and it becomes a more popular thing, which... I desperately want it to be more popular in the U.S., but, you know, it would be... Baseball just needs to come back. They need to figure out a way to do it. 
it seems like more players want to. The big names obviously have have said stuff about money. There, Mike Trout has said stuff about getting away from his family, which is totally valid. About to have a kid, totally get. Well, I understand it. I if there's a theme to this episode. There are things that I can't understand. Being a parent is something that I can't understand for a couple more years until uh, you know when we plan on having a kid. Uh, at least that's the current plan. Could always change. But that all being said, you know, if they want, if the players want to come back, they should want to figure out a way to get this thing done. And I get that money is a huge ass, huge aspect of it. But I don't know. I I worry if they, I worry much more about the downside if they don't come back than if they do come back and they don't have a the proper plan in place. Obviously, the players don't want to come back. I get it. Coronavirus is still. A huge question mark on everything. The whole second wave and all that stuff is also out there, which is, I think, why the clock is ticking even more on them. It's why the NBA, I think, is setting the July 31st date to to get underway, finish their season by a static date of October 12th. I'm sure we'll start to hear dates from the NHL pretty soon. If only even just to make sure that they're not getting completely behind it. I get that they have a much more rigid phase plan and they need to get into phase three to go to training camp and then phase four to actually resume play. But I'm sure that, that with the NBA coming out with static dates, as much as I'm, as I think that those two teams or two leagues, excuse me, want to coexist with one another in perfect harmony and not make it some sort of hockey versus basketball thing. Like I was just saying with baseball, I'm pretty sure the NHL sees the July 31st date and thinks, all right, let's try to make that our date too. And try is the important thing. Again, the coronavirus, huge question mark over a lot of stuff. The NBA is going to try to make December 1st the start of the 2020-2021 season and all that sort of stuff. But it's exciting that sports are back. I'm incredibly pumped or almost back. I should pause. I should... I should, and we all should, you know, temper our expectations, but it seems like the basketball is basically back. Hockey is right on the cusp. Soccer is about, is basically on the cusp, and I know soccer isn't the most popular sport in the country, especially generation to generation, uh, but it could be something that gains a lot of traction. Again, if, if baseball doesn't come back, uh, that could lose a lot of traction. So that's that's where I'm at worrying. Um, to close things out, though, uh, and thank you all for listening to, to these rambles of of mine. Uh, we had to get serious at the beginning, but, you know, I, I'm glad that we, we all talked about that sort of thing and that you guys listened to my to my thoughts on, on this. And if you have deferring opinions, if you have any thoughts, I mean, tweet at me at Jordo9 at ThunderPLG. And or join the Facebook group, the Bullpen Cart Podcast. Uh, post on the show notes that I'll put put up on there. Um, but I'm glad I was able to talk about this all. Uh, but to close things up, uh, just some streaming suggestions. I know I talked about Community and been watching that a couple weeks ago with the uh, Bill and Jared podcast. Um, we watched Uncut Gems, which came on Netflix. I think either a week ago or two weeks ago. I had already seen it. I talked about it a lot going into the Oscars that I thought it was a bummer and a huge, huge travesty to, to Adam Sandler that he didn't get nominated. And I stand by that in the second watch. Even knowing what happens in it, I'm not going to give anything away about the movie. It's still just as entertaining, just as thrilling to watch it. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. 
I can honestly tell you that I didn't that there's so many twists and turns through the movie that I did not see coming. How it all goes down, it's incredible. The basic synopsis: If you're not familiar, Adam Sandler plays a jewelry uh, jewelry shop owner in the Diamond District in New York City, and he is a degenerate gambler. He has a bookie played by Mike Francesa, who owns a restaurant. Kevin Garnett comes into his store one day, and shit goes down. I'll just put it that way. Um, KG is fantastic in it, even though he's in like a couple different scenes. Um, but it's awesome. Lakeith Stan, uh, Stanfield plays a associate of Adam Sandler's and of KG's, how they meet. Adina Menzel plays Sandler's wife. Francesca's his bookie. There's a lot of different people in there, and uh, I thought it was a really good movie. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it, especially if you are both a big sports fan, sports gambling fan. It's just a great movie. It's entertaining, start to finish. Emily asked, Will I be bored? Which both myself and, and a good buddy of mine, Joe Martinez, both laughed at. Um, but other streaming stuff, mentioned Community that I've been watching that, watching The West Wing. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender is on Netflix. I started that. That came out when I was in middle school. And I watched it, but it, it's tough because I think most of the people listening to this are either my age or older. But if there are younger people, there was an age before DVR that, and even of... of downloading shows on iTunes that was like just barely a thing and it I, when I when I was in high school and especially when I was in middle school it wasn't even a thing but when this show came out it was very hard to keep up with and it's a very serialized show so it's cool to be able to go back to it and I know there's a lot of different cartoons whether they be American made traditional cartoon sense the Avatar the Last Airbender that's American produced but in the style of an anime that's very serialized and there's a lot of anime on there too that uh you know, I've always wanted to check out or rewatch like stuff I watched on Adult Swim, like Inuyasha. I think is still out there. Uh, so if you're, you, I mean, if you're, if you've heard about the show and you've always wanted to check it out, it, it's out there. Uh, I've started that. I need to keep watching it. But we have, you know, somehow in the age of no new television coming out, I found myself with a lot of different shows to watch. The challenge is still going on. If you remember that from when we did that podcast with Bill and Jared, that's still going on. I'm not sure how many episodes left of that. Top Chef's coming to a close of its all-star season. That's been really entertaining. And somehow a show that airs at 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday makes me want to have a second dinner, which is awesome, but at the same time completely unhealthy. But yeah, let me know what you guys are watching, what I should check out, especially as the summer starts. And as it's now about a little less than two months until we might get some sort of sports back, it seems like the NBA is going to be fully back the NHL hopefully soon and who knows maybe by the time that that the weekend ends baseball's had some sort of traction gained on their talks between the players and the owners maybe by the time you're listening to this the NBA players have voted on it and basketball is officially back or the plan is officially in motion whatever the correct terminology is that's gonna do it guys again thank you so much for listening thank you for listening to the serious stuff at the beginning and again let me know if I did sound insensitive or if there are ways that I can use better terminology and, and if you have suggestions of ways that you're educating yourself, let me know. Um, you know, I want to learn. I think we all should want to learn as much as possible about that. But thanks again for listening to my ramblings about these different formats for the NHL, the NBA, the other stuff we talked about and my uh, thoughts on baseball. Cause I, I mainly wanted to come back 
again, I get both sides of the argument, and I am both team players and team owners. But that'll do it. Everybody have a great weekend. Hopefully it's nice out. I'm planning on playing a ton of golf. Hopefully you guys are getting outside and staying safe. Most importantly, staying safe. But that'll wrap things up. Have a great weekend. And go Sixers. Well, actually, before I send you on your weekend, a little bonus segment for you guys. I'm recording this a couple hours after I finished the initial recording, mainly because we've gotten some more news. We heard a little more from the NBA, a little more from the NHL, and we'll start with the NBA. We got some more details of timing of what we might get to see. Uh, So what it looks like here to try to get everything started on July 31st, like we talked about in the podcast, June 15th is when... International players should be returning to their respective markets. June 21st is when all players are expected to report to their team markets for workout. June 22nd would be testing of players. And once they get to Walt Disney World in the wide world of sports, they are expected to have daily testing. Training camp would be in June 30th. So only... A couple weeks away there. July 7th is when everybody would travel to Orlando. Um, There are not full details released in terms of the health and safety protocols, but it is expected that players can go out and play golf, go hang out at outdoor restaurants. So that's pretty wild to think about. And one thing that I have seen now, July 31st, they're calling these the seeding games. So the regular season, it looks like, is over, and these... Wouldn't count necessarily towards scoring titles, rebounding titles, all that sort of stuff. Um, And I would think, too, that, say, someone goes on a complete run of scoring games in the number of games they end up playing, and I'll get to that in a second, but I would think that it wouldn't make a difference in the MVP voting. So wherever you thought LeBron and Giannis were in that vote, I mean, people are going to vote that way, I guess. They're not going to take this into effect. I haven't seen anything about when votes might happen. Um, I mentioned the seeding games. It looks like those are going to be played over 16 days. And they'll have five to six games a day. And there are some games that will be played as early as noon and going all the way into the evening. Uh, And it looks like there's going to be multiple courts. They're going to alternate between probably to sanitize and get everything ready there. Um, So this... It looks like we're we're really getting the ball rolling there. And another thing with the seeding that got thrown out, this is just speculating, I've read this in a couple articles, that if possible, if something is locked in, a team getting whatever seed it might be, whether it is the Lakers getting the one seed and the team they're supposed to play in their seventh or eighth game is locked into their seed, the NBA may just say, we're not going to play it. Because it does not matter. So the fact that it's not the regular season actually makes a bit of a difference there. So that's actually really interesting. And the last thing I saw from the series of Woj tweets was that December 1st was not the target to start training camp, but actually the target to start the season, which is really interesting. November 10th looks like it would be when training camp would start. So a shorter offseason, they still plan on getting a full free agency period in, which is awesome. I mean, we still get some entertainment there. If the NFL is still going on, no second wave that's really forcing its hand to close up shop or anything, which you'd assume if the NBA is still in full swing, that the NFL is also fine. Again, we don't know where the coronavirus is going to be, huge question mark. But having NFL storylines, college football, if college football even happens, storylines, 
whenever the hockey playoffs start, if baseball is delayed into there, along with NBA free agency, some of the most dramatic periods in the sports calendar all happening at once would be pretty incredible to see. But that's where the NBA is. Let me know what you guys think. If you found anything else, if you have any other opinions, make sure to tweet at us. And the one last thing on the NHL, it was announced that the league will transition to phase two for the return to play effective Monday, June 8th, which is awesome. This allows players to go to training facilities in their home cities, practice on a voluntary basis with a small group of players, a maximum of six players at one time and a number of club staff. This is great news. It's kind of building off some of the news that different states have come out with. Tom Wolf said this about Pennsylvania. The New Jersey governor, his name is blanking on me there, he said it about New Jersey, which is important for the Flyers because they have a skate zone in Voorhees. They obviously could practice in Pennsylvania too, but that's big for the Penguins. And it's, I mean, it's awesome. It's really good news that we're, we're making steps there. It's not a substitute for training camp. That is phase three for the NHL. So, you know, baby steps. And, and like I mentioned during the main part of the show, that I think with the NBA really making its strides with dates, that the NHL might be hasty, and I, and I should have clarified that, that they may try to get a date out there, but they are being diligent with this. Gary Bettman has been very, very diligent in his process of setting this all up. So have all the players' associations. It seems like everybody's willing to come back and play and I don't know. It's going to be really fun to see how this all goes. June hopefully goes by pretty quickly. I know April and May were a little bit longer because of everything that's been going on with the coronavirus. But uh, who knows? I hope that we get some really good news towards the end of the month, whether that's about being able to go outside or numbers, really more importantly, numbers in terms of claims and cases and all of that good stuff start to go down. And, you know, I know with it being warmer and people kind of getting after on Memorial Day, that some of the numbers got back up. So I don't mean to end it on a sour note, but I just hope people are out there staying safe. You're wearing masks, still doing your social distance thing. I know we joked about Jared with the pool noodle in the hole. If your golf course you're going to have that or they have the uh, scooper that you can use with a putter. You know, make sure to follow those guidelines. I know that there's a lot of different things coming out, but we want to kill this thing as best we can and get through it. I know we are. We just got to we gotta stay the course, you know. It's all that good stuff. But this has all been positive news. June 4th, Thursday, was a great day to hear, if you're a sports fan, of all this different news coming out, a lot of optimism. And I hope that carries you into the weekend Again, the start of the show was a little more serious. It needed to be. We had to talk about you know everything with that had been going on and then talking about these return to plays, which are going to be great, assuming they happen. But you know the dark cloud of coronavirus is you know still looming. But I hope you guys have a great weekend. Make sure to tweet at us, send pictures at our Instagram if you're playing golf, if you're outside playing various sports. But that'll do it for us. Again, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Go Sixers. Go Flyers. Go Phils. And fly, Eagles. Fly!